bring readings to each one this evening. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for the invitation to come and share with you here this evening. Not necessarily because I have so much to tell you, but for your gracious invitation. I was uh, thinking here, and uh, as a brother was sharing with these little children, how that what we say goes out, it affects others. And that involves each of us, not just some of us, but all of us. So if you touch a life today, you don't know what the effects of it is going to be tomorrow. So is it important what we do? <coughs> Certainly it is. The people that we meet today are affected by what we speak to them, by what we say. Appreciated the thoughts that were shared here this evening. Also about Daniel, the man of faith. You can open your Bibles for a scripture reading to Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Romans 12, verse 3. <clears throat> I've entitled the message here this evening, Thinking Soberly. Thinking Soberly. Does it matter what you think? Does it matter what I think? Well, the admonition given here this evening is that we think soberly. And there's different types of people in the world today that we meet, and some are impulsive. They, they act almost as soon as they think. Or we say they act without really thinking, impulsive. Also, another thing that um, we sometimes hear that is that everyone has the right to think their own thoughts. They have a right to their own thoughts. Well, I'm not sure exactly what all is meant by that when we say that, that everyone has a right to their own thoughts. But the Bible tells us this evening that we need to think soberly. Why do we need to think soberly this evening? Why do we need to think soberly? Well, soberly is not going about with a long face and, you know, we're kind of glum and, and uh, we can't crack a smile and so on. But to be sober is to be cautious and to make or to take time to consider, consider, like it says in Proverbs, consider the ant and be wise. He's talking to the sluggard, of course, man that has a problem, but to think soberly is going to be taking the, the situation into hand. We're going to think about it. Think about it and evaluate it and make decisions based on it. Let's read verse 3. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Here it is. It's saying that we have the tendency to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. My opinion counts. 
So, in order to think soberly, we are going to have to to set our minds to be in a right frame. We're going to have to determine in our hearts that we're going to bind ourselves to think inside of this realm. And that is according to the word of God. We have the word here this evening and our thinking needs to be according to scripture. And that is, is the right way. So we need to set our minds to being right-minded. To think rightly. And to think thoughts that are good. I'd like to look at about six points that is nature, natural to man, or that is the nature of man in thinking. And <clears throat> we notice one here, already we talked about thinking highly, that our opinion counts. But another thing that happens is man becomes conceited. He becomes conceited. His, his uh, well, it, it's, it goes along with thinking highly of one's own opinion is conceited. He doesn't really um, evaluate what he's, he's considering there, but he knows how he thinks and how he feels about a situation. Now, the nature of man this evening is to think of himself as a balanced person. You know, we, we think of ourselves, and, and we do. We, we are that way. It, you know, I'm pretty balanced. You know, I there's, there's people here, they're on this side, and there's other people there over on here, this side, but I'm pretty balanced. You know, that's, that's the nature of man. And, and the brother or sister that you think is, is over on this side is probably considering himself to being a pretty balanced person. So that's the nature of man. We think that we are a balanced person. In Proverbs 16, verse 2, it says, All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the Spirit. The Lord knows what is motivating us. He knows why we think the thoughts that we do. And in Proverbs 21, verse 2, it says, Every man, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the heart. So we see from those two verses that man is not necessarily balanced. So, he needs something to balance him. And this evening, the Word of God is going to help us think the way we ought to think about ourselves. The Word of God is going to help us to think the way that we ought to think about ourselves. It's going to balance our thinking. <clears throat> the second point in the nature of man is that he likes to think that he's independent. He's independent. And, and we see that in society around us. You know, you can't tell me what to do. I, I know what I want to do. He's independent. He's an independent thinker. We hear statements like that. People are independent thinkers. And we need independent thinkers. Don't think that I'm uh, necessarily saying that because it's the nature of man that it's wrong. But I am warning us that we need to think soberly. Soberly, because our tendency is to think wrong. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Proverbs 29, verse 23. 
Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty, and before honor is humility. Proverbs 18, 12. So we see that a person who attains unto um, a person that is is uh, in a in a responsible position first needs to be willing to serve, willing to serve, not to be independent. The nature of man, the third one, is to justify himself. You ever encounter people that justify themselves? That's the nature of man. Well, I did this because, you know, he did this to me, or I did this because, well, I just thought that's the way we should do. We justify ourselves. Well, I didn't really understand or know everything, we say sometimes. Justify ourselves. Instead of humbly admitting that we made a mistake. In Proverbs 18, verse 17, it says, He that is first in his own cause seemeth just, but his neighbor cometh and searcheth him. And in Proverbs 25, verse 8, it says, Go not forth hastily to strive, lest thou know not what to do in the end thereof, when thy neighbor hath put thee to shame. So this verse is saying, consider a matter before you get involved. Or before you say things that you get yourself in a corner into a pinch and you don't know how to get yourself out of it. So we need to think soberly. <clears throat> the fourth one that I like to look at a little bit is that that's also very natural to man is that he's overly concerned of what others think of him. Ever struggle with that one? Be overly concerned of what others think. And uh, now I know there's a philosophy of folk that you have to be yourself. Just be yourself. And that is true. We can't be somebody else. We have to be ourselves. But there seems to be this thing that that um, we are so overly concerned of what other people are thinking about us that we can't be ourselves. Is that the case? Can that be the case? I believe that it can be the case. But we should fear the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and thy ways shall be established. I think it says there in Proverbs. Our ways are going to be established. When we trust in God, we don't need to worry so much what others think of us, but what does God think of us? And when we are concerned about what God thinks of us, then our steps are going to become established. Our going is going to be established. So that is a snare as well, to be overly concerned of what others think of ourselves. The nature, the fifth one I have, is to be a friend to those who give us gifts. A friend to those that give us gifts. Now, we enjoy getting gifts, don't we? And I just recently read a book about somebody who was traveling to Paraguay and and they had a lot of things to take along. And, of course, a lot of gifts. And, and when you come to customs and so on, you have to declare all the things that you have with you. And they asked, you know, what's what's all this for? And And the story went on to say that you know, there's some money given to them. and Everything went through just fine. You know, we like 
those that give gifts. So we see that that um, that uh, to give a gift in that way is um, is going to warp the way of thinking. It warps the way of thinking. Giving of gifts is not wrong. If we do it to to gain our own way, it is an ulterior motive. It's a wrong motive. It can be a wrong motive. In Proverbs 19, verse 6, it says, 6, it says, Many will entreat the favor of the prince, and every man is a friend to him that giveth gifts. So, <clears throat> are we tempted with that? I would say we probably are. That is something that we face in life. We enjoy being friends with those that are able to give us gifts. And another thing that man is the nature of man is to be overly confident of himself. And we already touched a little bit about that in our key verse when it says that we are not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. So then, what keeps our evaluation of ourselves where it ought to be? What keeps the evaluation of myself where it ought to be? It is the word of God, the word of God. When we draw near to God, we will see the holiness and the greatness of God, and we will see our smallness and our need of God. That's the way it works. That's what the Bible will do for you. Now, a man, well, we're all familiar with the verse, I think, probably, in Proverbs 23, where it says, in verse 7, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And I think the the um, rest of that verse says that you know he 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 can be nice to you. He says, "Come here and and sit down and let's eat and let's have a good time." But what is his purpose? What is his purpose? Really, the the way that person is thinking in his heart, that is the way that he is. You know, he can be nice here, but is he doing it to gain favor or is he doing it to really be helpful and kind to you? As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And we believe that to be true. You know, we can hide things from other people, but we can't hide it from God. God knows at all times what we are thinking. We cannot separate our actions from what we're thinking. Our actions are going to give a clue as to what we're thinking. We can't separate that. You can say that, no, uh, you know, I believe so and so. But if your actions show otherwise, then that's really what you're thinking in your heart. As a man thinketh, so is he. We cannot separate our thoughts from our actions. Now, things that we need to do. What do we need to do? We see that it's, it's important for us to, to think right, to think soberly. So what must we do? We must take time this evening to meditate. Meditate. And to meditate is to stop and consider and evaluate. Meditate. Meditate on the Word of God. Think about the Word of God. Take time to think about the Word of God. And to meditate means to engage in 
contemplation, you know, you think about it, you evaluate it. Why you do what you're doing or how to relate to this situation. We meditate on it. The devil doesn't want you to think. And I talked about a person that is impulsive. And, and forgive me if you're an impulsive person. We are, by nature, sometimes impulsive. But God wants us to stop and consider why we do the things that we do. So we must, we must stop and reflect on why we're doing what we want to do. And this will help us to make wise decisions, good decisions. When Satan tempted Eve there in the garden with that fruit on that tree, you think Eve stopped and thinked or thought? You think she stopped and thought of what would be the outcome of her actions? Probably not. She probably had no idea. Of course, how could she have? But she had known what God said. But the devil wanted her to think about something else. So he brought something to her attention, brought it to her eyes, and set it before her. And it looked alluring. It looked good. And the Bible says that she took of it and ate. And she gave some to her husband as well. So she didn't think, at least not very far. The devil doesn't want you to think about his allurements. When he tempts you to sin... He doesn't want you to think what might be the outcome of that sin. He doesn't want you to think about that. He wants you to enjoy that now, that sin now. But he does not want you to think about that. Now, <clears throat> we, we notice that, that we need to take time to think and to meditate. So what do we think about? We need to think about the word of God and what God's will is for us in our life. That's important. Now, what can you do to help you think in a way that is right? What can you do? What can I do so that I think in a right way? Well, what we see and what we hear affect what we think. Job said that I will set no evil thing before my eyes. So, that's what you can do. If you want to think good thoughts, then you're going to have to set good things before your eyes. Or you're going to have to tune out some things. You can't look at this or you can't read this book. You can't, you can't uh, think about this. We have to ask God to help us when we face those things. Sometimes, and I'm sure you've, you've heard of it before already, that you can't help sometimes what thoughts come into your mind, but you can help what you allow to be there. You can help what you allow to be there. <clears throat> Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 5, and I know he was talking about praying, but in order to help us to, to have a prayer, he said that we need to go into the closet, and when we have shut the door... Pray to thy Father which seeth in secret. So, I think what Jesus was saying is that when we're praying, that we need to shut out some things. 
We can't be thinking about that new tractor that we're going to buy out there this week when we're in our having our prayer or the work that needs to be done today while we're having our prayer and on and on we could go. So we need to shut out some of those things. And that's why we tell and teach our children to close their eyes and bow their heads when we pray. That is to shut out those things so that they think about what is going on. So it does affect how we think by what we see. And that is why we have taken positions against, you know, reading certain types of books and listening to certain types of music and so on. Because those things, once they're in our minds, they affect how we think. And the devil gains a foothold in our lives. What you think determines how you live. What you think is going to determine how you live. The Ecclesiastes, verse 7, chapter 7, verse 4, says that it is better to go to the house of mourning than to the house of mirth. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. So, we enjoy going to the house of mourning, where there's a funeral. We enjoy going there? Not necessarily. But the proverb writer says that it is better for us to go to the house of mourning and to consider a few things. And one of the things, you read that portion of scripture, one of the things is to consider the brevity of life. Consider the brevity of life. So when we're at the house of mourning and we're considering the brevity of life, is it appropriate to be jolly and frivolous? No, we know they don't belong there. We know that. So it does make a difference in how we live. <clears throat> if we think about the brevity and shortness of life, it's going to help us to think soberly. I think that's what he was saying. It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. It says in Ecclesiastes 7 verse 5. We don't really enjoy rebuke. It is hard on what we think of ourselves. And uh, I will also admit that it is hard to give rebuke. It's hard to take it, and it's also hard to give it. At least I think so. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, we think that it's the other way. That some people enjoy giving rebuke. But we need to consider the words of the wise. We need to consider the rebuke of wise men, for that's better than to hear the song of fools. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by the sadness of the countenance the heart is made better, says in Ecclesiastes 7, verse 3. And I encourage you to read those scriptures. It gives you something to think about. Think about it. Sorrow is better than laughter. Sober reflection. Proverbs 4, 20 through 26, it says that we need to ponder the path of thy feet and let all the ways be established. To think, to seriously think over a matter before a decision is reached 
or is impulsively acted will save us from many foolish and regretful decisions. Ponder means to think about it. Ponder it. Think about it. Revolves in the mind. It goes around and around in the mind before you act upon it. Think. Think. Now, <clears throat> I have a warning here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, it says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest ye fall. Thinketh he standeth. You know, we, and I, like I had mentioned before, we like to think that we are balanced people, that we're thinking correctly. But I like to tell you, it's like the scripture says, that in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. A wise man will seek counsel. He will seek counsel. And that is what the Lord has given to us. He has given every brother and sister in the church a different function. We have different places to fill in the church. And if we face a decision, and we're not sure how we ought to go about this thing, there are different people within the church, I believe, within the congregation, that we can go to and ask counsel in how we should relate to these things. You know, it could be child training. It could be buying a new piece of equipment. And it could be how to relate to your teenage daughters and sons and so on. You know, there's people who have gone way before us. We consider, we think about these things because as, as, as parents of children, we have one chance at it. We have one chance at it. Ask counsel. Don't think that you have all the answers to child training. That's dangerous. <clears throat> God has given to every man a measure of faith, it says here in that same verse, that according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And in verse 4 it says, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given unto us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or a ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teaches on teaching. We're going to stop reading there. But God has given to every person within the congregation, he has given them a unique place so that we can ask counsel if at, at times of need. And that's the way God has ordained it. And that's wonderful. In, in uh, James chapter 1, it says that if we lack wisdom, let us ask God, which giveth to us, and he upbraideth not. But I believe that one of the ways that he does it is through the church, through brethren and sisters, who are faithfully desiring to serve the Lord. And it will save us many heartaches and many regrets in life. Now, some areas that if we think soberly, what we're going to do. If we think soberly, we're going to watch. We're going to watch. Thessalonians 5, verse 6 says, Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. The day of the Lord is coming. The meaning 
of the word sober here is to be calm. If we're not watching, or if we have uh, meditated on it, have not meditated on it, how are we going to remain calm? You know, this thought of Jesus coming. If we have not meditated on it, if we have not done something about it, how are we going to remain calm? Or how are we going to think about it soberly? We're going to need to think about watching. Watching. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 34, Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. This verse indicates that we must do more than just think about it. We need to put it to action in our life. And as I had mentioned before, that when we are thinking soberly, our thoughts are, are going to indicate what is in our life. So when we're thinking soberly, it's also going to make so that the actions that come out of our life is going to be right actions as well. We're going to watch. We're going to guard our minds. <clears throat> we're not going to allow our minds to think just anything. Neither will we allow our eyes to read everything. We're not going to allow our ears to hear everything. If we want to think soberly, we're going to guard our minds. We will not allow our eyes and our ears to hear just anything. We're going to be concerned about that, I believe, as people of God. In 1 Peter 1, verse 13, it says, Gird up the loins of your minds. This means that we gather the loose ends together. We don't allow our minds just to go where it shouldn't go. So we're going to guard our minds. In uh, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, and I'm sure this is another familiar verse, casting down imaginations. This word imaginations means reasonings. Reasoning. And every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing it into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. So we're going to guard our minds. We're going to guard what goes in, in our ears. We're going to guard what we see with our eyes. And we're going to consider those things. It's important because, as I had mentioned before, the things that we hear and see are going to affect how we think. <clears throat> if we have been living close to sin, we become used to sin. And it's going to affect what we think of sin. It's the way it works. Now, <clears throat> if we think soberly, we're going to take time to pray. I would like to encourage us this evening, if we face decisions in our life, that we pray about it. Have you prayed about it? Ask God for wisdom. Ask spiritual brethren for wisdom, for direction. They possess a wealth of wisdom and knowledge. They do. Experience. They have experience. The best decisions are reached when we pray about it. Young people, you desire a life's companion. Pray about it. The best decision you're going to reach in regards to a life's companion is going to be reached by praying about it. Pray about it. If you can't pray about it, 
beware. Beware. The best decision will be reached by praying about it. And this applies, I just mentioned that as one area. There's many areas in life that we need to to think soberly and take time to pray. If we think soberly, we're going to consider examples of the past. Appreciate what the brother shared here this evening about Daniel. That was encouraging. Daniel was a man that was able to stand up. He had purposed in his heart. He had considered it. He thought about it. Don't you think that he thought about what could happen to him if he tells him that we're not going to eat what you set before us. We want to eat what God wants us to eat. And this person in authority told them that you're endangering my life. And God gave wisdom to Daniel. I'm sure he had thought about it. And and he, he said to, to um, Arioch, I think was the name. He said to him, just try it. Just try it for 10 days and see the results. So Daniel was thinking, wasn't he? I think he was. He was thinking. This morning at home in church, I, I shared with the congregation about Abraham and how that Abraham had faith. And believe God. In Romans it says he staggered not at the promises of God. He didn't stagger at those promises that God had given to him. He said you and Sarah will have a son. And Abraham believed God. He believed God. And then in uh, Genesis chapter 22. Where God told Abraham to take his son out. In a place that he's going to show him. Abraham didn't know exactly where it was. But God had given him a a general idea of the place. Abraham moved. He went by faith. He believed God. I believe he considered. And I don't know those three days journey that Abraham had to Mount Moriah. What all thoughts went through his mind. But Romans says that he staggered not at the promises of God. He didn't allow his difficult situation to sway his thinking and and to begin to rationalize in his mind. Well, this is son of the promise, you know. God, how you asked me to offer him up to you. How can this be? And you know, God, this is ridiculous. You know, he could he could have thought all those things. We don't know what he thought. I don't think Abraham thought those things because the Bible tells us that Abraham staggered not at the promises of God. He believed God. And, and here comes Isaac and he asks him, he says, Father, um, here is the wood and, and here's the fire, but where's the offering? What do you think Abraham thought? He told his son, God will provide. God will provide. But I believe this evening as we consider examples of the past, it helps us to evaluate our situation. It helps us to make wise choices in life. Abraham's life was by no means easy. No, it wasn't. It was a a life of trusting God and doing what God wanted him to do. The things that are written in the Bible of faithful men and sisters, brethren and sisters, 
are written there for our learning so that we can learn from them. And we're going to learn from their example. The reading of the scripture illuminates our minds. The reading of the scripture. Thy word giveth light, the Bible says. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God. When we dwell and think about the word of God, it's going to illuminate the path that is before us. <clears throat> and lastly, when we are thinking soberly, we're going to live soberly or discreetly. We're going to live wise in a way that is wise. The grace of God is going to affect how we live in our life. It's not going to be just wishful thinking. It's going to be a reality in our life. We're going to live soberly. Now in closing, I'd like to, um, in conclusion here, I'd like to take our minds to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4 is a very joyful chapter. In verse 4, it says that we should rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord. And that has something to do with how we live. We rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. We desire that great peace and understanding. But that peace and understanding is going to come when we dwell upon God and his, his uh, desire for us in our life. Be careful for nothing, it says. Don't, don't be anxious. Don't, don't have a lot of anxiety. And you know, that's... that's our tendency is to become anxious about things. We've, we've all faced anxious moments in our lives. You know, anxiety. We, we worry and we fret and we think about things. And, you know, a lot of times those worries and things don't, don't even really come to pass. But we need to put our trust in God. God wants us to be a joyful peace. And when we are bringing our supplication, our prayer requests to God. Let it be known unto God and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. When we can just learn how to commit our thoughts to God, we can have a peace in our hearts. Even though things outside may be difficult, we can have the assurance that God is in control and that He will help us. We don't need to just you know, worry and, and, and fret and be beneath that load of, of uh, anxiety and cares. God came to help us. He wants us to think upon these things. In verse 8, it says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good, of good report, and if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. <clears throat> I have, I have seen and talked to people who 
who read a lot of newspaper. Do they become confident by reading the newspaper or listening to the news? When you start listening to all the troubles that the world is facing, does that make you sure? I suppose in a way it does. Make sure it makes you sure that you don't want what they have. But uh, <clears throat> I have I've seen people who read a lot or dwell a lot on what the newspaper says. They become fearful and they worry about the things that are going on in the world. God has something better for us. And it says here, think on the things that are true, the things that are honest and good and just and lovely and pure. Pure thoughts, lovely thoughts, good thoughts, virtuous, virtue. You know, think on those things. And I had mentioned before that we cannot just let our minds run and roam. We have to discipline our minds to think soberly, to think in a right direction. I think God will help us this evening. The Bible has given us direction in how we ought to live, how we ought to think. The world is full of evil, and it is because they think evil. Proverbs chapter 4, I think it is. They say It says that they don't go to sleep unless they have done some mischief. The world is thinking on evil things. And that is why they are doing evil things. That is why they are doing evil things. But let us think, as it encourages here, that, that we think on the things which are true, the things that are honest, the things that are good. And it's going to help us to live a life such as God wants us to and that will glorify His name. I am convinced of it. And I believe that God is able to encourage us. Now, I'm not saying that we don't face difficulties and anxieties in our life. We do face those kind of things. But we have a place to take them and we can find relief for our burdens and for the things that we face. And we can be Looking at some of the precious promises of the word of God. In, chapter, in fact, in chapter 4, verse 13, it says, I can do all things through Christ which changes me. So how can we do that? Lean on God. Not on our own understanding. Not on our own thinking. But trust in God. Trust. That's what we need to do. And in verse 19, it says, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You want a positive outlook in life. Read the Word of God. If you want a negative outlook in life, read the newspaper. If you want negative thoughts about the church, think about the faults of your brothers and sisters. If you want to have a positive outlook or thoughts about the church, think about the good points in your brethren and sisters. Does it make a difference in how we think in life? Certainly. I think we would all agree to that. Shall we pray?